At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Comeback Stories is a production of Inflection Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Comeback Stories. Uh, my name is Darren Waller. You may know me as a tight end for the New York Giants. I'm joined here by my co-host, my friend, my brother, Donnie. Donnie, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. It's always a great day when we get to drop in and have some deep, meaningful conversations. Yes, sir. I'm so excited about this guest that we have here today. This is my running mate. This was uh, my fellow tight end and teammate uh, with the Raiders for the better part of four years. Um, a guy that uh, I love and enjoy and respect so much on uh, so many different levels. We got my guy, my friend, New York Saints tight end, Mr. Foster Moreau. Foster, welcome to the show, brother. Darren, Donnie, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I've looked forward to this tremendously, certainly. Oh yeah, this is uh, this has been uh, a while in the making. I've been po- trying to poke this bear uh, a long time, trying to get him on the show. Um, and for some context for anybody that's listening, uh, this is this man, me and him in meetings, countless meetings, uh, just cutting up in meetings. Like I'm somebody, I'm that kid that uh, I had all A's in school growing up, but uh, my conduct in my grade in grades in class i was uh, a lot of unsatisfactory a lot of uh like calls home from the parents and the principal um so i get distracted very easily but just be just engaging with this guy like jokes laughing but also being serious and uh being detailed in our craft just a lot of fun on the day-to-day and made showing up to work a lot of fun and uh just real real goofy but uh but today we're gonna dive into a lot of uh this man's story and uh, i want to start foster what, what was uh could you describe what, what life was like growing up for you uh whether it be just your physical environment what it was like going on inside your head inside your heart like describe what your childhood was like sure um my childhood i'd say was was fairly standard um i had both of my parents in my life for for quite some time and uh I was, I was lucky to be, to be able to say like, say something like that. Um, 
you know, I, I was uh, always just loved growing up around sports. Um, I was, I was blessed to be fairly gifted playing most of the things that I, I like to engage. Um, but that's, that's more or less where I kind of found my purpose and my passion and most of my vision. Um, I'd enjoy football, basketball, uh, track and field from time to time, but the swimming was swimming was awful, but that's where I started to build discipline. Um, and I started to learn most of my, my life lessons that I still carry today. Um, probably through, you know, elementary school sports or on the, on the playground or, or whatever that was. But for me, I, uh, I grew up mostly, um, with most of those lessons being taught from my mom, from a athletics background. Um, I learned a lot from her just in terms of, um, you know, time management and taking things serious, um, being true to your word in a way. And my dad more taught me kind of how to live life outside of the lines in a certain way, if that makes sense. Um, just the, the do's and don'ts of, of manhood um, and how to be, the right man when no one's watching and to live my life um, for the greater glory of God uh, at my arm day gloriam is the Latin translation for that. Um, but th that was, that was most of my childhood was shared through those two and, and my three sisters. Um, it was a, uh, it was a special time growing up for me. Certainly. Mm. I've gotten the chance to uh, meet, all the ex extended members of your family uh, just by being your teammate and your friend. And it's, it's so many good people, uh, so many different personalities. Um, I, I've wondered was um, with your, your parents separating, uh, was that like a painful experience for you? Like what, how did that maybe affect you internally in ways and maybe force you to look at life or the world differently? Yeah. Uh, and that's a great question, Darren. Um, for me, like many people, I thought that I could harbor some level of control over it. Um, and I thought I could help, right? When in reality, it wasn't my battle. Um, I just, I remember going back and forth. We're sitting at the kitchen table with my mom, dad, three sisters, and we're trying to, we're fighting through it. I'm like, guys, you can't, you like, you could come together through Christ who strengthens you. You could, you could do it. Um, but obviously it was, it was a bit of a, um, I wouldn't call it childish, but it, it was definitely, uh, I was a little naive to believe that I could bring them back together as much as I, I truly believed. Um, and from there, I, I started to learn my parents more as people than as mom and dad, which I thought gave me an interesting perspective, um, into growing, um, and uh, learning a little bit more about the real world than maybe I would have liked, but it definitely put, set me with a different perspective. Um, getting to know them as um, Trisha and Lyle more than mom and dad. Um, I, I'm, I, I am grateful for that experience, um, regardless of what anyone says. And of course, I'd still love for them to be together. But um, now I have extended family and, uh, you know, the more the merrier in certain ways. I'm really fascinated by that because, well, how old were you when your parents got divorced? I believe I was uh, 14 years old, I think. Okay. I was seven and I always said, and I think it was just a way of really never 
processing it. But I always would tell people like they always made the best out of a bad, what could have been a bad situation because my parents did always make it about the kids. Um, and I've, and I've coached and worked through, um, divorce and change with a lot of people. And oftentimes when they make it about themselves, it's when the kids actually suffer. But later on in life, after doing a lot more therapy and, and healing, I think I really downplayed the significance of, of the divorce. And even though they're cordial and they, and they really did make, make the best out of it, just the, the separation from my mom. I, I lived with my dad. I mean, I would see my mom a couple times a week, but just that alone, especially be the young, being the youngest of four and kind of being a mama's boy, that, that, that probably had way bigger of an effect than, than I had realized at the time and for years later. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think I had kind of start to, I started to come into, into knowing both of those people and, and kind of, um, developing my own personality and identity. Um, even though, you know, it, it was far off from where I am today. Um, I, I was starting to get to that age that those, those close to teenage years where you start to believe that, you know, you know, everything, um, you're smarter than just about everyone. Uh, and you have, you have the rest of your life ahead of you when in actuality, those are just the most important building blocks for your development into a, person with with character whose trust and and faith carry them through life um yeah for me i i, I kind of thought better of it um and for years i i came to learn like i said i came to learn those people um probably in a similar way that you did man we're all just doing the uh the best we can with what we have and um you talked about being maybe uh too smart for your own good um Something people may not know is uh, I, I called Foster Coach Foster a lot um, in meetings and practice situations because it was really from this place of honestly, uh, I never probably uh, vocalized as much, but it was a place of respect from the way that your mind approached the game and the way that you tried to inspire um, other people to like a standard of excellence. And I want to know like, where did that come from? Was that always something that just kind of came naturally to you as a kid? Like how did that passion and just like the different type of football mind that you have developed as a kid? Let me, let me ask you this, Darren and you Donnie as well. Are there ever any times where you were a kid and you remember sitting in class and your teacher would roll, would roll like a, a TV screen in and would put on a movie for you right before Christmas break or summer vacation? Like, was there ever a time where, and, and specifically during one of those times where she'd roll it in and it was kind of a niche movie that you're sure 29 of your other 30 classmates hadn't seen, but you were the one kid who had seen it. Um, I remember <laughs> feeling like that sometimes when I was younger and I was like, oh, wait a minute. What, what is this? This is, oh, I, I know this movie. And then all of a sudden, it, it would fill me with a, a rush of like, oh, there's a, there's a really good part. There's, there's a really good parts coming up. I've already seen it. I don't, and I don't know what that was when I was young. Maybe I just I felt like I, I maybe wanted some type of attention or, or um, wanted to be acknowledged as someone who had already seen it. I don't know what filled me with doing that, but um, it started, started to creep its way into other parts of my life. Um, but from there 
someone had identified that in me. One of my strength coaches back at LSU, his name's Ben Anacchione. Um, and he identified that that was something that I always did was I would help in coaching where I could. Um, and I'd always take a step back where I didn't know. And he always, he said he really appreciated that. And I, to me, I, I, I was flabbergasted. I had no idea I would do it, but it kind of became a mainstay. And so when it became you and I, um, that year in 2019, um, the mission and the goal was always to have the best room that we could. Um, so it became an ownership of making sure that everyone was on the same page, right? Page. And so um, it always helped me too, knowing that if you're, if you're, if I know what you're doing, then I know that you're going to know what I'm doing. And if I could okay it with you at the line, like, hey, you got the shallow here, and I'm going to try to get Zay Jones open on the on the quick whip out route. Like, if I could say that, and I could walk up to the line, I know we're going to be successful on the play regardless. And that was what was going to make us the best room. It wasn't about you know you guys all as it was necessarily me being in the right place too. So when you guys, when you guys both jumped on screen, when we started the podcast, uh, the smile on each of your faces, uh, when you just saw each other's faces, I mean, it, it was, hopefully you're watching this on video and caught that, but can you guys just talk about your bond and, and what makes it so special? I mean, there's an undeniable connection. I've, seen you guys together in the flesh, but just, you know, even in those first few moments when we started this podcast, you could, you could feel it. Uh, where does that come from and what's it rooted in? Okay. So let me give some context. Uh, I remember 2019, um, F Frank Smith was our tight end coach who was also a groomsman in my wedding, as you know, Donnie, um, he's the offensive coordinator for the Miami dolphins now, but he was our guy. And this was, uh, when Foster was in the draft, he was going to be a rookie. And uh, Frank comes to me and he's like, man, like I'm trying to like build this room. Uh, they want to go in a, a younger direction. And I'm thinking of uh, a guy that will like compliment you greatly. I have two guys in mind, but I think there's one that, you know, I don't even know if they're really sold on him upstairs, but I just know that he's a guy that would bring him into this room and it, it's just going to be perfect. And, uh, and, it's, and it's Foster and we, we bring Foster in and it's just like we're – kind of like if you look at us like on paper maybe we're like two very different people you know like he's walking in the room like he's commanding the room like 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 i said i call you coach foster because he's vocal he's not afraid when he knows something he's he's gonna speak on it and some people may be like oh this guy's like a little loud for a rookie don't you think like he's a little <laughs> over the top but but i never really viewed um i was never really on board with like the making rookies feel like they're just like the little the little guy you know uh, i'm more so like let them be let them know and i feel like if you kind of let them think feel like they're a part of it'll help them with their growth and their development more so i'm like let me let let this guy be and it's like he's the vocal i'm more of like a reserve guy until i'm around people that i feel safe around then i'm just like a complete goofball but i feel like just a maybe a classic case of opposites attract but i mean we, we ended up like finding light ways to make we made music together We've made multiple tracks together. He came and recorded at my house. Like we're just, we found out we're just into a lot of the similar things, but I feel like it was uh, coming in mentally with not a lot of ego. 
I feel like we can dive a little bit more into Foster's journey, but his journey and mine, I think coming through college were a little bit similar, whereas we weren't guys that were just like completely glamorized or um, these mega stars. So there was like a, a humility built in kind of through our journey where people were kind of like, oh, we don't know about, they definitely didn't know about me. Like, and I kind of <laughs> earned that at that point in my career. And people were kind of like, oh, Foster, like he's, he's okay. Like he's physical. Like we know we'll get from him in the, in the, in the run game. And it's like, <laughs> we, we knew that we were more than what we were kind of being sold as, but we knew that it was going to take work to get there and just being honest and going about the craft the right way. And I feel like there was mutual respect from the beginning. Um, wanting to enjoy each and every day, each and every moment together. And then just going out and like Foster said, like trying to be the best group we could possibly be. And that started happening quickly. Like we were in running plays out of three tied in sets that a lot of teams ain't, ain't, <laughs> ain't doing. And, uh, and Foster was carving out a, a big time role for himself and was like, our our red zone threat and like our it like basically our <laughs> guy that was like putting the ball in, in the end zone like and um it was just really cool to see and i'm glad that i was able to do some work in my heart to that point to actually be genuinely happy to see him succeed and not have like any type of envy and we could just succeed alongside each other and see the greatness in him develop and not be bothered by it um that's what I think made it more fun. And I don't know if I went too far on that and didn't allow any room for him to share. <laughs> it, it all kind of comes back to Frank um, for me. Um, as I came in, um, he kind of laid it out for me in black and white and I'll give him credit. He, he didn't pull any punches. Um, he said, look, the guy that you're coming in um, to replace or kind of make the room younger. Um, the guy's name was Lee Smith. He's a career exceptional inline, inline tight end, um, excelled in pass blocking and, and run game schematics. He was a really good player. And so when I got there, um, basically what I was told was I'm here in, I'm here to further my career and, and, you know, find development um, and definitely grow from, the player I was at LSU. Um, but really it was, I was there to protect Darren um, and do, you know, a lot of the jobs that he could do. But if I did those jobs well, then he could exceed in other fields. Um, and it, it showed from, I think it might've been the first play of the season or maybe the second play. Um, Darren had a, had a thunder route on the outside on the left and he just converted it because it was press and went up and mossed a guy. And I'm over there trying my, my absolute best not to get baptized in fire by Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Uh, <laughs> and um, for me, I said, that's, this is it. This is exactly what it was supposed to be. Um, and the more I get on the field, the more opportunities I'll find myself getting into. Um, so, being a being a protector for Darren was not all it's cracked up to be. Most of the time, I would just try to have a conversation with him as we were walking in so he didn't have to sign as many autographs because he was really starting to become a household name, especially in the Bay Area. Um, and it gave me a sense of purpose, especially for a guy who was so um, 
well well thought out and well organized and he knew who he was um but i didn't know darren at all really i just i knew about his story i knew about his addiction um and i knew he was working his way into becoming the man he is today the man that he always wanted to be um so for me i was trying to help him get there in any way i could and you know i i found um I found my flock tending to someone else's field in a way that was, that was what I was trying to do. And with Darren, he made it, he made it so easy. And he was, he had a quiet leadership role, um, that I could be as loud as I want, but I'll never command as much respect as, as he does, especially from me. Wow. What was it like having Darren in, um, as a leader following his lead, but also just doing things so different than the majority of the NFL in so many different areas um, of life on and off the field. What was that like? Just kind of having that, that mirror and model. I, I have always said, and will always say, um, and Darren will deny it till he, till the day he dies. But the, the listeners on this, on this podcast know better than me or better than most um, that he, he's commanded with a gift of when he speaks um, it needs to be addressed. Um, he speaks almost with a, with a tongue of fire. He speaks with the Holy spirit. I've said that for a long time. I don't ever, I don't see a day where I won't. Um, he's, he's got a gift and he's got a command and he's got a conviction, um, to tell his story, um, and change lives telling that story. Um, personally through my recent diagnosis, um, the wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I didn't really want to make it public. I didn't want to make it known. I kind of just wanted to go deal with it and then come back and be who I was. Um, but um, my mom, my girl, a couple, and a couple of my close friends told me, no, this is a story that you need to take command of um, and try to affect other people's lives through your dealing of it. Um, and most, most everyone would think, woe is me to think I could change someone else's life 
just through my story. Um, but we're on the way there and anyone who I could positively affect, um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't, the first person and the first face that pops in my head would be Mr. Big Drink himself, Darren Wallers. <laughs> so oh, for man, the listeners bro. that aren't familiar, what have the last six months looked like for you leading up to today? And um, what exactly are you referring to? Back in March, March, I believe it was um, March 23rd, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. I, uh, I was going on a free agency visit down in my hometown of New Orleans, and I found um, a doctor that was giving my physical. His name's Dr. John Amos. He's the team doctor for the Saints. Um, he goes and he's going to give me a, a basically just a, a routine physical checkup, one that you would get at, at any, any doctor's appointment. Um, the first thing he touches right here is my... Um, my left, my left clavicle and my left lymph node right here um, to where basically um, he feels, um, he feels a mass and we go through the, the tests, the hoops and the bounds. We do two different biopsies trying to determine what all it is. Um, but it's certainly, it's certainly not just some run of the mill growth. It's I'm, I'm definitely not just coming down with a little bit of a cold and I haven't, I have an inflamed lymph node. I, I wound up having Hodgkin's lymphoma with the specific cell type of uh, nodular lymphatic predominant Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, which basically meant that my journey was going to be different than anyone else's because um, it's a more rare form of it's a rare more rare form of Hodgkin's. Um, from there, we we ran more tests um, and we wanted to make sure it was this rare form because um, ultimately the treatment methods are completely different from what you would find in a normal Hodgkin's patient. So after we did that secondary biopsy, we found out it, it was the NLPHL form of Hodgkin's, that, that rare strand of cell type. Um, and I was set up to do uh, about a month and month and a half of treatments um, that I completed down here in New Orleans, surrounded by family, um, in the um, the cancer center of the uh, of the Benson Cancer Institute on the fifth floor over um, right here in my hometown. Which was, um, you know, it, it was pretty special for me, just being about twelve minutes away from a place that was literally saving my life. Um, and in twelve minutes, the other direction was the the doctor who had who had saved it um, because unbeknownst to me and unbeknownst to the doctor um, from the visit that I was on the day before I had a, uh, I had another physical less than 16 hours before that. And that doctor found nothing, no, um, no impurities, no gross. Um, and I was just, I was grateful that um, my agent sent me down here and he said, it'd be good. Um, it's what you want to do. And he, I, I guess we'll never know how right he really was. Um, Cause I, I'm, I'm pretty blessed. There's, there's so many layers to this. I remember when uh, you first called me and I'm, I'm, I'm listening and, and taking it all in. And I'm just like, I don't know how to react to this right now. 
and um, and I'm going to get back to you and how you were on that call in a second. But when I got off the phone, I was like, man, for years, um, I've seen this man do things on a daily basis to where I'm like, I know this man is uh, not only like a starting tight end in the NFL, but a man that could like be that that piece, that guy on on a team for years to come. Somebody that can be like, this is this is the this is our guy. I've I've seen that from you on a daily basis, and the opportunities that you've been given um, didn't always match um, what I knew as truth. And for you to have an opportunity in free agency to go somewhere and um, to have a new start and a new opportunity to be able to showcase your skills in a better, in a different way um, to have this happen. I was like, man, like this is just like not only a lot, but it's just like it's a whole like spiritual experience in a way. It's like nothing is guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? Like this is something that you've put in the work for you've and not only been like, I can't wait to get my shot, but you've served teammates, served coaches, served the Raiders organization the whole way in a, just a, in the highest class and to get to this opportunity and in a, in an instant, in a flash, it's like, Oh, this is like taken away. This is no longer, this may no longer be a thing, but the calmness of your voice on that phone call is something that I will never forget. And I'm just like, how can somebody be this calm with all this? Like, cause I know you were waiting for this moment, waiting for this opportunity, but you were calm. Like, what does that, can you explain that to people that are listening? Because a lot of people may just be overflowing with anger, overtaken with resentment or so many different kinds of emotions. Like one, what were you, what were you feeling? at that time, what were thoughts and emotions you were battling with, but can you speak to that calm? Because it's something that, that hit me as your friend and it's something that I'll never forget. Sure. Um, and not to take away from the seriousness, um, with a little bit of levity, but that's kind of my thing. Um, I was already, I was already mad as hell that the entire, the entire tight end class of free agents, we were not going to get the numbers we wanted. It wasn't even going to be close. Uh, that was the reasons I was taking these visits. Uh, that was, that was the intention was like, Hey, get in front of these guys. They're going to love you. And then they might give us an extra, they might give us some change on the back end because they like you that much. And now that they've seen you, they want you. Uh, I thought that was a smart strategy. And I said, okay, let's go with that. Um, and when I just, I saw all the rest of the guys and their numbers were so low, and I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't what, this isn't what, you know, um, Hayden Hurst, this isn't what he's worth. You know, Dalton Schultz, this isn't what he's worth, right? But these guys are taking one-year deals because the tight end class in the draft was pretty astounding. A bunch of really high grades and a bunch of really good players. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I'm getting on these flights. Uh, I'm tired. I'm anxious. This is, this sucks. Uh but whatever, this is what we're doing. And this is, this is what this life is. Um, and in a second, when that doctor said Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, every bit of anxiety, um, that I had about free agency that I had about ball that I had about 
my public image of what people thought that I was worth or however much my dad sent me that this guy got or this guy got, um, all that disappeared and it was, it just melted off of me. Um, and none of it mattered anymore. Um, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but to me, it didn't. Um, I could only think about getting this, this, um, this, this cancerous lymph node out of my body, um, get it healed, get fixed. Um, obviously I went through denial initially, but the doctor seemed sincere and he seemed knowledgeable and he knows what he's talking about. And if you know me, I might think I have a medical degree, but I, in truth, I, I never do. And I might, I probably never will. Um, but we, we went and we talked to the radiologist. I, I was scared. I was nervous. Um, and at that point, I just didn't want the information getting leaked out to anyone. Um, I didn't want anyone that I know and love to get this information um, from a way that wasn't my words to them. Um, so I made sure I, I cut, I cut down a list of people I wanted to tell how I wanted to tell them. Um, and I didn't want anyone to freak out because I didn't know any of the information yet. The doctor said, Hey, it's probably high nineties percent that it is, that it is some form of cancer, probably Hodgkin's. Um, and at that point I, I just wanted to make sure the people that I knew um, kind of got to find out before it would hit, you know, a tweet by Adam Schefter or by anyone. Right. Um, and I think we handled that well. Um, I got to tell my parents, my girl, my, my best friends in the world. Um, and at that point I was okay with starting treatment from that Sunday if I wanted to, and I didn't have to tell anyone else. But at that point, it was it was time for me to share my story. Who was helping you, guiding you through that process and kind of the decision-making process of who to tell? Did you have a, was it the doctor or was there somebody else in your life or in your corner at the time? I, I would run everything by my mom. Every decision I would make, I would say, oh, you know, I, I had my mom, my dad, they were in the same house for the first, for the first time in a long time. Um, and I had, um, said, Hey, what do you think about telling, you know, telling so-and-so like, I mean, do you think they need to know? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. I think, I think that would, and honestly, it was almost, um, it was therapeutic for me in a way, um, that I would, that I got to talk to people that I wanted to talk to. Um, you know, it's, it's such a hard, um, it's such a hard thing because, um, one of my best friend in the world, Danny Edling, he was on his bachelor trip. Um, and I was supposed to be on it, but he's like, Hey, handle your free agency stuff. Like I get it. It's not a big deal. Like we're, we're, I'm going to see you before then I'm going to see you at the wedding. Don't worry about it. Um, but to call him as he's, um, on his bachelor trip, like just one of the, one of the times that you always remember. And I, I didn't want to tell him, um, but I put myself in his shoes and I would definitely want to know. Um, same with you, um, same with Alec and gold, um, same with Hunter Renfro, Max Crosby, a couple of guys, um, old teammates, old great friends. Um, and from there, I just kind of like 
put a cap on it. I didn't tell most of my family members. I told my mom and my my dad, obviously, and my sisters had no idea, but I got them on a group FaceTime call and uh, they sobbed um, and we laughed and, you know, um, I would make jokes about it to try to, to try to alleviate some of the stress that they were probably feeling. Um, but from, from there it was, I knew it was going to be a battle. Um, it was just, it was important for me to get it out on my own terms. Can you, can you take us through like some of the, what the, anything that the cancer may have caused? Was it, did you feel like a lack of energy? Was it fatigue? Like, can you take us through like some of the, the physical, um, effects of it? Darren, mostly, um, the only physical effects I felt were from the Benadryl that they, that they gave us. Um, uh, and that's, and that's God's honest truth. It was a completely different, um, my cancer was rare because it doesn't require, um, chemotherapy or radiation. Um, I, I got extremely lucky. Um, I felt the weight of the world bearing down on me. Um, you know, after I got it out, um, I was getting texts and calls and, you know, a lot of, a lot of love and a lot of heart, um, and a lot of prayer was being sent my way. And I, I felt probably about 10 days after the initial diagnosis, I, I really started to kind of settle into a, Oh man, this is really going to suck. This is going to be bad. I'm going to be drained. I'm not going to be myself. Um, and from there I got a call from, my, uh, my oncologist, his name is, um, Dr. Carter Davis. He works over there at the, uh, Benson cancer center, um, with Oshner. And he told me, he said, look, like it appears that you might have a rare cell type. And so of course, when you hear rare cancer, um, your brain doesn't go to, Oh, nice. That's great. Cool. Um, <laughs> No, but he said, you know, it actually might work out in your favor and you might not miss as much time from the, from the football field as you might think. And I said, okay, well, the football field is, that's a bit on the back. That's on the backest of burners. Um, talk to me about my health. And he's like, okay, well, so this form of, this form of Hodgkin's lymphoma is not nearly as aggressive. It doesn't grow nearly as fast. And you might've had it for a lot longer than you think. I'm like, okay, that's different. Um, he goes, the reason that you didn't have any side effects is most, most cancers leave side effects because it's your body's natural response to what the cancer's doing, right? Like it's, um, you're sweating in your sleep. It's, it's basically taking all the sugar that you put into your body and it's basically accepting it as its own and growing off of that. Um, so you might feel like you'll feel tired. You'll go and you'll, you'll lose weight rapidly because your body's not able to process things the right way. Um, but in my case, I had just been dealing with it for a long time without really knowing and kind of just putting natural defenses up against it. Um, but when he told me that he said, we'd like to do a second, we'd like to get the tissues from the initial biopsy. Mind you, they did a biopsy on site that day, um, within an hour within 30 minutes of them telling me I probably had Hodgkin's, we were taking tissue samples at the hospital, like at 6:45 in the morning. And it was not a licensed, uh, it was not a licensed surgeon. It was a radiologist who had cut me open and took tissue samples out of my shoulder. Um, 
it was, I mean, I was, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm shocked in a way that I just, I couldn't, I couldn't really do anything other than just take what they're giving me. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to have to call Zach Taylor up with Cincinnati and say, Hey man, like it's not going to work out. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to, but um, you know, it was uh, the, what I feel from it, right. What I felt through the entire process to get back onto, onto the topic was I felt, um, I felt a lot of mental stress, angst, um, a lot of things that were within my control, but the stress that I felt were from the things that I couldn't control to where, um, I had no idea whether this rituximab medicine, um, wasn't going to work as well as a chemotherapy might, um, or radiation could, um, I also downplayed my diagnosis a lot because I knew that I wasn't going to have to go through a lot of the hard things that most other cancer patients do. Um, because for some reason, you know, no pain, no gain in my brain. Um, but it's just, I, I talked to, I talked to a few, um, different survivors from different cancers. Um, and that was always that was always the message that they would leave me with is hey everyone has a different path everyone has a different journey just because yours didn't hurt as bad makes it it doesn't make it any less impactful um, it doesn't make it any less difficult um, it's just your story and it's it's different and I I could I could still see the face of of the woman her name was Sarah I could still see she was a breast cancer survivor I could still see her face I know exactly how she said it. Um, and it meant, it meant a lot to me. It gave me more purpose than what I realized I had already had. I'm starting to hear the, the turnaround, but I'm curious before you start to tell more of the comeback part of this story, was there like a lowest point or like the darkest place that your mind went or emotion went like that kind of rock bottom emotionally, whether it was around victimization or just stories you were telling yourselves. So what was the darkest point? And then what was the turnaround? What shifted everything for you? There's a couple of different low points, but the, I felt fairly helpless after I had gotten, um, after I had gotten the first scan back, um, they kind of, they kind of, they gave me the information. Um, and I was, I was waiting to do a, I was waiting to do a PET scan, um, where they shoot you up with radioactive sugar tracers. Um, basically they, they go in and and they see where the cancer is. Um, and you're sitting by yourself in a dark trailer. Um, you're isolated behind a really heavy door because you got, you got radiation literally flowing through your body. Um, radioactive material. And, um, you know, I, I'm blessed to. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner, Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota play a game for a living that pays me handsomely for something i would gladly do for free with my buddies in a backyard um at any point in time for the rest of my life. I, I love playing this game. I love football. Um, and they pay me way too much money to do it. Um, and that's, that's a small little spiel. But um, for, for me, I got to the desk and they're like, okay, here's what this PET scan costs. Would you like to pay it now or later? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? Insurance doesn't cover that? And it's like, they're, they, they're talking about the premiums and they're talking about, well, no, you know, you haven't anything on your rent. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So this is, so I'm going to have to, I have to try to beat cancer. I got to pay to beat it all. You guys wanted me to do the scan. Now I got to pay for the scan. And then I got to pay for that biopsy, the second biopsy. And I'm like, I'm just, I had been leading this, you know, this ignorant lifestyle of, of not, I just had no idea what all was going on. I was stressed out. I was worried. I was swiping my card for things I didn't even know what was going on. And I'm like, you know, I'm thankful that I know I knew that I could afford it regardless of what it cost. Um, but it just put me in such a low point of saying, what would happen if you if you weren't necessarily as skilled at football? What if you were doing something God knows what, what if, what if you went left instead of right that one time? Um, and I'm just sitting, I'm sitting there waiting for my turn on the, on the PET scan. And I'm just, um, I'm praying, I'm, I'm thankful, but also I'm, I'm tearful and I'm worried that, um, you know, because at that point I knew I had Hodgkins. I didn't know how bad it was. I didn't know what my cell type was. Um, and, at this point in the machine, this was a test that I was unfamiliar with. I was scared. Um, that was, that was probably my lowest point. I think what I had alluded to earlier when Carter Davis called me and said, Hey, this thing might work out in your favor. Um, and you might have a chance of, of a much easier treatment process than what I'm sure you've been preparing for. Um, that really, um, honestly, mentally, from a place of a place of where I started to feel the weight of the world on me, um, and I had been talking to people about their treatment process um, and about how tough it was, and I'm like, well, you know, like it probably depends on the person. They're like, no, it sucks for everyone. I'm like, okay, that's that's okay. Thanks, thank you for your help and your uh, sincerity. Um, 
But um, when that happened, I definitely felt a shift and, and a bit of a momentum. Um, and I felt God's hand actively waving over my life um, in ways that I really couldn't comprehend. And looking back on it now, that was that was definitely the, the point of transmission. This, this might be cra- a crazy question to ask, but do you feel grateful in a way for your diagnosis? In different ways, absolutely. Um, obviously, I'm always going to say I'm much happier that it was found when it was. Um, so for that, I am grateful. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll give a small example. Um, the guy who found it, John Amos, Dr. Dr. Amos, um, he was so apologetic through the process of us walking through the hospital and doing the biopsy, talking to the radiologist, but he was doing something for the saints. I was on a free agency visit, last minute thing. So he rolled out of bed, got into the office, came to give me a physical. Um, had it been someone who was, you know, um, a, a little less hands-on or, um, I don't know, maybe someone who might have just might have just forgot to check that box. Um, I could be sitting here or anywhere um, with a camper, like a, a cancerous lump um, still growing in my neck. And I mean, you know, athletes, you know, you know, football players, you know, a lot of people, um, even if they think something might be wrong, a lot of the times, you know, we'll just ignore it instead of addressing it just because it's easier to just live in ignorance. Um, I'm glad he was there that day. Um, you know, I, I am grateful that it was found. Um, and I think I'll be a better man for it. Certainly. I'm just grateful the way that you are, you've walked us through these last six months. It's probably less than six months, but the way that you tell your story and um, it's just captivating. And I have no doubt that you're going to help so many other people, just like that doctor who gave you a more optimistic diagnosis, gave you kind of that glimmer of hope. That was the turnaround. I mean, that's why Darren and I do this podcast. It's, you know, for that person that's listening right now that thinks they're all alone, that nobody understands whether it's a diagnosis if it's an addiction, if it's mental health, and they can actually hear that somebody else has gone through this, even though my pain might look a little different than your pain, you know, this is what connects us all. But I'm just, I'm blown away by how fresh this still is for you. And one, what your perspective is, but how you tell your story. And I mean, I think you're going to have some some good options whenever football is over for you to um, have a stage, whatever you want that to look like, to help a shit ton of people. Thank you. Um, you know, I joke with Darren um, when he was, as he as he so eloquently put it, uh, poke the bear. Um, when he tried to get me on the podcast, I um, I joke back with him. I'd say, you know, like I don't really have anything that I've ever came back from. You know, I, I've been I've lived a, a fairly um, 
I've lived a fairly easy life. Um, I've definitely had some hiccups along the way and I, I've dodged a couple of bullets here and there. Um, I, I've gotten lucky once or twice, but um, no real experience that I, I've had to, you know, stop my life and start a new path. Um, funny enough, I was just speaking cancer into my lymph nodes. Uh, but from there, it was... Um, you know, it's a different, um, it's a different mentality. Certainly. Um, I'm, I'm lucky every day and I'm blessed that I, that I know people like, like Darren, like you, Donnie, um, like people who I know that it is fresh in my mind, but from the moment the diagnosis hit, um, there was no option other than victory there was nothing there was nothing else to do it was just a matter of time um i, I go back to my my head strength coach in college his name's tommy moffett um he's a two-time cancer survivor um i don't remember all that much from college i remember plenty of plays plenty of circumstances um plenty of fun nights out at the bar um but one thing that has always and will always stick with me is um, that strength coach, Tommy Moffat, who I respected dearly. Um, he told me, you don't know how strong you are until strong is the only option you have. Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone really understood the magnitude of what he was saying, um, but coming from someone who would give us our workouts every day and take 10 minutes to individualize and personalize things for different groups that he knows that we're going to have to work on this week. Um, for him to say something like that to us, um, it just, it meant the world. And we might've just done 50 up downs because three of our guys were late or missed class, or we just, we had to do punishment runs or whatever that looked like. But you never know how strong you are until strong is the only option you have. Um, I texted, I texted that to him. He texted me back some words. Um, and certainly experiences like that. Um, and people who have been through it and can give me a little bit of light in the darkness. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. Man, I, I can't let you go without asking you and, knowing like the emotions and the joy and what your heart felt like when you were able to not only return to practice and return to being able to play the game that you love, but to do it, putting on the helmet of the, the town of the streets that you grew up in, um, you know, the, the restaurants and the Mardi Gras and the, all the crazy things that you crazy folks do down there. Um, what, what, like, what does that feel like? Because those kind of things just don't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what does like take us through that? Yeah. I mean, in a similar vein, how did I get diagnosed in the same town that my mom is 10 minutes away from the hospital? Um, and I could get my, I can get my initial diagnosis and, uh, I could drive home. I could drive 10 minutes to my house that I've, I've, lived for what feels like my whole life um, and hug my mom, who's probably one of the most important people in my life, if not the most important. Um, 
and just be surrounded by family during the darkest time that I had ever experienced. Um, in a similar way, um, I do my last treatment on March 9th. Um, I, I finish it up three days after my 26th birthday. And I remember seeing that last, that last drop uh, go through the syringe. And I said, okay, um, all right, I think, I think that's, I think that's all she wrote. Um, I, uh, I went home, I woke up the next morning. I, uh, I was getting a haircut from, uh, as Darren knows good and well, my haircut, my hairstylist is the same woman who, who <laughs> gave, who gave, gave me life is my mom is Trisha Morrow. Um, she's giving me a haircut and my, my agent calls and he's like, Hey, um, the saints offer came through. Um, it's exactly what we thought it was. How, how soon can you be over there to sign it? Um, like I could, I just got to get a haircut. Uh, it's like, all right, they'll expect you within the hour or two hours or whatever it is. Um, it was a funny day though, because, um, my little stepbrother, his name's William. Um, he was signing his letter of intent to go play college baseball. Um, they had just won, um, they had just won a state championship with, uh, with their baseball team. And that's where they were going. Um, and so he went and I had to interrupt my entire signing process so I can go watch my little stepbrother, um, on one of the, one of the, one of the biggest days of his life. Um, May 10th was not supposed to be about me, but, um, you know, he took it on the chin and, and we share the day now, which is pretty funny. Um, Getting back to practice, though, was uh, pretty special. And I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't part of me that didn't want to be here and, and deal with, you know, of all the 500 people that I probably know in this world really well, um, 498 of them might be in the stadium every Sunday when I dress up in the, in the black and gold. Um, I don't know if I really wanted that pressure or that anxiety. Um, but at the same time, I thought back, to the times of uh, me watching uh, Jeremy Shockey and, and Jimmy Graham and, and Josh Hill and a bunch of different guys. And I'm like, man, like, oh, I'd kill for that opportunity, you know, and, and going to games in the dome from when I was very, very young. Um, I had always loved the Saints. And to be here um, surrounded by friends and family and, you know, obviously having Derek here throwing me balls, um, it's very familiar. Um, I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. It's, it's an interesting experience. Certainly. This has been an honor, man. I mean, I feel like we could go on and on and on, and there's so much more of your comeback still to be written. A couple of things I want to go back to. You mentioned the word, uh, protector, like you were Darren's protector. And that really struck a chord with me because I have felt um, in other areas of life that, in a sense, I, in my world, have been Darren's protector. Now, mind you, he's 6'6", full of twisted steel and sex appeal, so he doesn't necessarily <laughs> need me, like, <laughs> protecting him protecting him on the streets, right? But, like, um, in other areas, from, from everything else, the chaos and everything else trying to pull him from his center. So, as you said that, it really, um, it really hit home for me. And I, I thank you for um, taking on that role. 
and seeing that as a way of, of being of service and being a good friend and a teammate and a leader. And then I just go back to the way that you just um, captivated us through a very, very fresh um, story of yours that happened. I just, I'm excited um, for you and what, what's possible. I'm excited for this year. I'm really excited for you guys to be teammates again, playing in the Pro Bowl at the end of this year. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a, it's a gift to have you here, man. It's been an honor to sit back and listen to you. Thank you. Um, it's, it's honestly been a blast being here. Um, it shouldn't have taken us this long, but, uh, I'm glad we finally got it going. Um, yeah. And, um, Darren, plenty of plenty, a lot of twisted steel, but plenty of sex appeal. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he's, he's a friend for life. He's a friend for life. Um, certainly um i'm just i'm happy that that we're just starting to kind of get to know each other a little bit a little bit better um the role of, yeah that that role of protector I, I i didn't ever think that that was really something that i could do um but just being there with him and for him um being where our feet were every day um that was how i found my best center certainly um so just, you know, being a, being a part of him, as you know, he's, he's a special cat. Man, thank you, bro. I, uh, I was thinking earlier, I was, uh, people always ask me how my off season went, you know, being with a new team and everything. I'm like, you know, everything's great. I'm with a top flight organization. People top to bottom are just amazing to be with, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I remember the first time we came and, uh, had meetings and Frank wasn't there. And I was like, there's going to be good men that I have the privilege to be learning from and being around, but there won't be another him. And I'm going to have to accept that and, um, and, and cherish the memories that we have and getting back to, uh, the giants. Like I, I love everything about my experience, but there won't be another you man, like in the, in the room, like just in the locker room, hanging out, just being a friend, being a guy, laughing, like the things that we laugh about, like, and just, you know, the way that we went about business, bro. Like there won't, there won't be another you and uh, miss you dearly already, bro. And I'm grateful that we got to have this opportunity to talk, man. I'm, I'm so proud of you, bro. Uh, just your strength, your, your, your courage, uh, and just your overall perspective, bro. Like you, you, you him, bro. Just know that. <laughs> Thanks, Yo, buddy. My shit, my shit broke off my my shit broke off my wrist. Right? It's all good. <laughs> I, I I was there. I remember what it did. Yeah, I remember. It was <laughs> us in the Atlas gym. Yeah, it was good. Thank you, man. That that means the world. Oh, you know that for sure, bro. So, uh, man, thank you everybody that's tuned in and listened today. Uh, appreciate you guys. Keep coming back, listening to us here on Comeback Stories. We'll keep coming back for you. You keep telling people that we keep coming back and uh, check us out wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on the Inflection Point YouTube as well. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Comeback Stories is a production of Inflection Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.